Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to What's in a Name, the podcast all about etymology, which is the family tree of words. That's how it works, right? <laughs> That's not what the document says, Anna. It's not what the document says, but it is what we do here, I am convinced. I am Anna. I am James. And today we are going to be looking at the thing we cannot have any of. I know we're all isolated in our own homes and there's one thing that's on everybody's mind, one thing we're all missing, sports. <laughs> <laughs> I know we cater to jocks here on this podcast, I'm convinced of it. <laughs> so we're going to be looking at um, the origin of the names of various sports because, you know, we need to scratch that itch for you. It's the one thing that you can't stop thinking about, the one thing you're craving. Let's go. If we must. <laughs> no, I've got this right, James. I'm convinced. This is, you know, it's not human companionship we want. It's not the sun on our faces. It's to think about men in matching uniforms running around a big grass rectangle. <laughs> I mean, this is the only way anyone's ever going to get me to talk about sport. So in that sense, <laughs> fine, let's do it. Yeah, I think that's fair. In that case, I'm very interested to know which sports you've picked. So if you'd like to take us off first, I'm very keen to see. Um, so I started with the, uh, the gentleman's game, cricket. Okay. I think lots of sports claim to be the gentleman's game, but cricket is the one that seems most <laughs> gentlemanly because, you know, you don't move, basically. It does seem too gentlemanly for the likes of me, I will say. Yeah, you don't move <laughs> and you wear a sweater and stand still. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> So I was trying to figure out why why does cricket have the name cricket? Mm -hmm. There are a whole bunch of potential etymologies, none of which seem to be particularly outstanding as the likely ones, but I'm going to go through a couple of them. Okay. One of them is that it comes from a French word, an old French word, which is criquet, meaning to crackle. Huh. The, the sound of the ball being hit makes the noise cricket and that has over time been corrupted into cricket now google thinks this not a lot of other sites think this (laughs) (laughs) i see so um in doing my research one of the other origins and one that is apparently likely because of trade is that it comes from dutch middle dutch there was a word in middle dutch that was crick or cricker uh, spelled K-R-I-C-K, which meant a stick as in the bat the reason that's apparently quite likely is because the the word cricket um, originated in the southeast of England, and that's where all the ports were that did trade with the Dutch. So it has arrived in the language that way. Mm-hmm. There is a third potential option, okay, <laughs> which uh, is from the Old English crick or 
Cricker, uh, C-R-Y-C-E. That's nice. Crick, C-R-I-C-C as well. Okay. Um, which meant a crutch or staff. Yeah. Yeah. So there are lots of potential etymologies. You know, I, I looked into it very, very briefly when you said you were going to be covering cricket. Mm-hmm. I got as far as um, from cricket or crick, meaning stick. And I was like, yep, no further questions. That checks out. <laughs> it seems very likely to me that it's based on a stick. Um, did you look into wicket at all? I did look into wickets. I, I thought that was a much more interesting one. Oh, go for it. It comes from Middle English. It meant, originally, it meant uh, a small door or grill, like a, a type of gate, particularly mm. gates. So presumably the arrangements of the the stumps presumably resembled in some way a grill. Yeah. And that word, the word from Middle English, wicket, comes from Old Norse, or wikia, which meant to turn or move, as in the sense of a gate. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, um, I suppose in that sense, is E-T uh, a diminutive suffix? It's quite likely, yeah. Yeah, okay, well that's really good to know. Because, yeah, it's not it's not often that words with a small um, unstressed syllable at the end would have an etymological link. So I didn't expect them to. I've just taken it for granted my whole life that cricket and wicket are from the same ballpark, and there's no reason they should be. I believe it's called a field. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you're going to use sporting metaphors, expect sporting etymology. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, if i can move on with one of mine then this did not take me where i expected because the word badminton is so interesting i thought there's got to be something really fascinating in the history of badminton to get it that name yeah presumably there was a badminton which implies the existence of a good minton <laughs> one would hope right Right. Um, a town of good mints. But no, I looked into it, and apparently the first game was played at Badminton House, is the claim. Okay. It's the country estate of the Dukes of Beaufort and Gloucester, Gloucestershire, sorry, England. Not those guys. I know, right? Again. <laughs> um, but apparently it was first played around 1873, that's how the story goes. But the word badminton, to refer to that sport, actually predates that by about ten years. Mm-hmm. They claim that was the first ever game was played at Badminton House, but in 1863, there's a there's a record from 1863 that mentions the game in an account about life in a country house. It doesn't specify which country house, but it would seem really odd if it weren't Badminton. It's um it's very closely related to an old children's game called Battledore and Shuttlecock, which is a lot of fun to say. I strongly recommend you try it out at home. Battledore and Shuttlecock. <laughs> Battledore refers to the racket um, from the provincial battre to beat, B-A-T-R-E. Mm-hmm. Uh, and interestingly, it's another word for racket. And racket is from, I looked into this as well, was from either from the Italian racetta or the Spanish racetta, which may be from the Arabic rahat, which is a form of raha, meaning palm of the hand. So the original nice. racket games would have been played just with your hands. Okay, I like that. Yeah, it's not bad, right? Because I yeah. got much more interested in the sort of the equipment in a way. Um, I looked into the shuttlecock, which of course refers to shuttling back and forth, um, as you do with loom weaving. Weaving, you have a shuttle there. Is cock because it was made of feathers? That's right. Yes. Yes, the original shuttlecocks were made of feathers. Um, interestingly, feather shuttlecocks need to be humidified for four hours before play to last longer and fly the correct distance at the right speed, because um, humidified feathers are less brittle than dry ones. That makes sense, although wouldn't that have the effect of prolonging the game of badminton? (laughs) Are you saying that's a bad thing? Yes. (laughs) 
I think the people playing the game and looking after the equipment are of a different opinion, but I, I see where you're coming from. I guess it was the 1800s. The Nintendo Switch had not yet been invented. <laughs> this is true. I guess badminton was the Nintendo Switch of its day, so fair enough. <laughs> There's one for the jacket cover of the next best-selling badminton novel. <laughs> so yeah, after a fair bit of casting around, I could arrive at no conclusive proof. And if you know the truth out there, please do at me. Let's take the Dukes of Beaufort down a peg or two. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so I was really like fired up about finding out the origin of... Uh, one of the few sports that I can tolerate in <laughs> any context, mainly because it is most readily enjoyed as part of a movie where everything is fake and no one gets hurt. Amazing. Um, so I looked into boxing. Yes. <laughs> Why are you so excited by boxing? I just, it's just one of the interesting sports. There's not many. <laughs> it is, right? Yeah. It's very technical. It's also, I believe, the gentleman's game. <laughs> of course. Of course it is. Just... These gentlemen, they do nothing but play various games. <laughs> it comes, it's nothing to do, first, with boxes and as in containers. Because I was going into this hoping, like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe the contestants used to stand on a box to get in the ring or something. But no, they didn't. Um, and I was thinking, it's because the ring itself is a square. Yeah, no, sadly, it's not that either. It comes from, it's, a, it's an extremely old word to the point where they think it originated in in latin but they're not even sure because it's been around in most languages for so long um it's it's from a sort of germanic uh potentially a germanic root as well so there's a word boke or buck or basque which turn up in uh, middle dutch german and danish and they all mean blow okay as in to strike a blow (laughs) as in to strike there's the suggestion that it actually arose independently in many languages because it's onomatopoeic. Makes sense to me. So just, you know, hitting something makes a kind of book noise. You can imagine it in a Batman power symbol. like You can indeed. Yeah, that's my, that's yeah. my metric by which I measure words that mean to strike. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was looking into peripheral terms around boxing. You may have hit upon them already, in which case you should go for it. You tell me which one, because there's only one I had, which is one I've known since before I was doing this research. Okay, so So I was looking into bantamweight and welterweight. Okay. Now, I don't know if this was a typo because my fingers are dumb or because somehow Word autocorrected it, but it's come out as Batman weight. It's not Batman weight, (laughs) it's definitely bantamweight. Batman weight would be a good category, (laughs) a good class for boxing, yeah. (laughs) But I have to bribe Alfred for the exact metric, though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's just regular boxing, but you do it in a cape. <laughs> Which is wrestling, and I love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> down for that. Um, yeah, so bantamweight refers to the bantam, which is an old word for a chicken or hen. Um, welterweight. Welterweight, I couldn't find an exact reason why um, it has a weight for classification, but welter refers to welt, which is to beat, or raising welts, which refers to a lump on the skin. Okay. Originally, the word welt referred to a strip of leather sewn above the sole of a shoe. Okay. So it just meant it came to mean a bump, and raising welts on someone's skin is referred to just raising a bump. <laughs> so um, one of the other boxing terms was uh, seconds out. Do you know that phrase? No. So when in between um, rounds, you will have uh, a short period of time where the boxers are allowed to be attended to you know, have their wounds tidied up a bit, be given some water, toweled the, you know, have the sweat toweled off them. At the end of that period of time, the referee will announce, seconds out, 
and then the next round. So seconds out, round two. I thought seconds out meant that the clock has stopped ticking. We've run out of time. I think I see where you're going with this. (laughs) What it actually means is that the quote-unquote seconds which are the people who attend to the boxer need to get out of the ring because the fight is about to restart. Yeah, and if they were, I mean, it's from the old meaning of second, like we'd hear in duels and stuff, right? Exactly, yes. Okay. So that's that's where that term came from. So was there ever a time when the guy with the towel would be expected to step in if his boxer couldn't continue? (laughs) It's entirely possible. It would change the game. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it would make it would make that a very undesirable job for a lot of people <laughs> it certainly would i would not want to be mike tyson's second um no let's try and think of a more recent boxer so i sound like i know what i'm talking about <laughs> i would not want to be vitaly klitschko's second or vladimir klitschko's second just delete whichever one of those was wrong because i couldn't tell you no they're they're brothers anna please oh you're my making God. us look like an idiot in front of the jocks <laughs> I'm sorry, jocks. Please don't stuff me in a locker. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Yeah, so that's all I had on boxing. So let's let's move on. Let's move on to snooker. Snooker, or as the Americans call it, snooker. They do call it snooker. I don't know why. Americans, why? Well, they're just just reading the word, right? Yeah. They can't be faulted for reading. Booker, looker. Yeah, there's no real reason for it to be pronounced snooker. But nevertheless, snooker it is. Um, it's thought to have perhaps been coined by the British military in India in the 1870s. Um, snooker was a slang term for a new cadet at the time. I could not find any reason for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's very frustrating. Um, but yeah, so that was known to be the case as of around 1872. The rules of the game are actually described in a book called The Art of Practical Billiards for Amateurs. And that was published in 1889, so that we know the game existed by that point. Um, and they ascribed the copyright of the rules to Burroughs and Watts, who were the makers of billiard tables. Okay. So, um, because the word snooker doesn't have any clearer, because of the time fog, it doesn't have any clearer etymology than that, I did look into billiards. Billiards is thought to derive from billard, um, which refers to the cue, the actual pool cue, the snooker cue, from Old French bill, meaning a log or tree trunk. Okay. And I thought that was interesting because that log meaning is something we're going to see again in a minute when we look at the word Q. So C-U-E actually is from the French word Q, Q-U-E-U-E. So a Q as in a line of people is exactly the same root as a Q as in a snooker Q. It's French for tail uh, and it just means a line. So Americans talking about there being a line and British people talking about there being a Q. There's a lot of crossover there. And if you think about it, to line something up, to line up an opportunity, you might also say to queue up something. I was about to say, next. yes, to take your take some cues. You can take a queue on stage and you can ask for your line on stage. Yeah, there's yeah. just an awful lot of crossover there, which I think is fascinating. And uh, another name for the queue in Old French was Bille, B-I-L-L-E. I do not know how to pronounce that which also means log or tree trunk. Um, but it's from the Proto-Indo-European bolios, which means leaf. It came through the Proto-Celtic as Belios and gave us Bilia in Vulgar Latin and therefore Bol. So Bol means tree or trunk as well. And we've got Bollard. So Bollard and Billiard come from the same Proto-Indo-European route but took completely separate paths to get where they are. (laughs) So yeah, I got completely distracted from the sport element of it. Couldn't find an awful lot on snooker, but all I can tell you about the Proto-Indo-European for trunk. Yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> gotta find my own entertainment you know james <laughs> so i just want to suggest something about 
Snooker. Mm-hmm. So you said that Snooker was originally um, what the uh, a cadet in the British Army, right? That's right, a newbie, basically. A newbie. Um, you presumably know from having watched Orange Is the New Black that newbies in prison are called like fish. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, what's a snook, right? Okay. What's a snook? It's it's a fish. Uh, it comes from the Dutch snook, which is it's essentially a kind of pike. It's a snook, a, f- a freshwater or marine fish. Well, I wonder um, if that's it. I mean, that's that's definitely how the word snook came to English um, hmm. in the 17th century. Whether whether that's why they call cadets like snookers. Um, I would love that to be the case. That feels like new etymology to me. It would be extremely, it would be <laughs> extremely satisfying if it was the case. Put it in a wiki. No one can argue with you once it's in a wiki. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah, and I tried to find something for pool, but there wasn't anything conclusive. But um, for, if you ever need to know this, dear listener, it's worth noting, although there are several varieties and rule sets, broadly speaking, pool and billiards are the same thing. Because, you know, it's all billiards if you're playing with a billiard cue, right? Yeah, they all originated from the same place, which is yeah. why, you know, we have a billiards uh, table maker copywriting the rules of snooker. Okay, um, another another sport that I quite enjoy. I mean, I'm, I say enjoy, you know, when the Olympics are on, I watch this sport. <laughs> um, and then I forget about it for four years. <laughs> like any right-thinking person would. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so I looked up fencing. I was expecting fencing to involve a lot of French roots because the sport seems to be, or seems to me, to be full of French terminology, right? Yeah. You know, on guard, for example. Mm-hmm. Turns out the reason it has a lot of French terminology in is because it's um, <laughs> it's an old English game, but just from the time when... You know, England was basically France. Yeah. It turns out that it's more British than I realised. Okay. Where would you guess that fencing comes from? Uh, defence. It does come from defence, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so there used there used to be uh, um, there used to be a noun fence, which meant the act of defending, as in defend something off. We still use that in very limited contexts. We do. We do use it as. In, well, actually, she'll be she'll be fencing off the boys or fending off the boys, that sort of thing. Yeah. However, fend fend in that context actually means strike. Does it? Uh, the etymology of defend is off strike. D meaning off. Okay. So that's that's where the word defend comes from back in uh, Latin when it was originally uh, defendere. So an actual fence, the noun, that's from the same root as well. That's yes, yeah. That's not the way around. I thought it was at all. I yeah. fully thought that fences existed, and then we came to see that as a method of keeping people away. No, <laughs> that's in <laughs> the the use of fence. They had the thing. They thought, well, it keeps people away, so I guess we'll just call it fence. Exactly. I looked into a couple of the words used in the sport because, as you rightly say, that's quite a lot of French terminology in fencing. Mm-hmm. I looked into, and I might well be pronouncing some of this abysmally, so I do apologise. But I looked into "épée," the, the sword, uh, from the old French "espé." from latin mm-hmm. spatha which means broad blade and that is the origin of spay and spatula ah, okay mm-hmm. 
which is an uncomfortable thought, but there you go. <laughs> um, and I looked into foil, which is a name for a different kind of, I think it's a different kind of sword used in fencing. I think there's three kinds of swords used. Mm-hmm. Um, and foil is from the old French foil. Foil? Foil. <laughs> I think it's pronounced foil. That feels silly, but I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, which means leaf. And that's from the Latin folium, which gave us foliage. And folio as in books. And folio as in books. And tinfoil as in tinfoil. i always assumed foils were called foils because they were sort of flimsy bits of metal in a way they are yeah uh, it does mean a sheet of metal but before that it meant leaf okay which makes you think gold leaf being a kind of gold foil as well that makes sense yes okay i'd never part of me had always wondered like why why is it gold leaf but that makes sense because if foil and leaf were at one point He's a very thin Synonymous. Of... Yeah, yeah, basically. Of course, okay. That explains why my attempts to, to create a tree never worked. <laughs> yeah, so um, again, this is another case where the sport itself is a tangled and mysterious thing, but the material, the equipment used, um, I really love digging into it. I looked into a couple of other things just about keeping score, because it's pretty common knowledge, but... We've got tennis, haven't we? That means we've got love there, as in 40 love, uh, from luf, meaning egg, because zero looks like an egg. That's that's heavily contested, I think, but it's also the only credible, <laughs> <laughs> credible uh, origin anyone can come up with. So. Do you know of any others? Uh, within tennis, you mean? Any other explanations for luf? No, I don't. No. Um, and I got uh, nil as well. In football and several other sports, we've got nil to mean zero, which is from nil, Latin for nothing. And presumably the same root as null. I believe so. <laughs> and nihilism, which yes. is what I was when I was a teenager. Certainly that, yes. Or at least what I fancied myself as when I was a teenager. Don't mess with nihilists, bud. <laughs> uh, just, just quickly then, just to drag it back to tennis, because I did, I looked into tennis very quickly. Do you know the origin of the name for tennis? No. So it's from Old French, it's from tenez, which is the second person imperative of tenir, which means hold. <laughs> so it's just like, oh yeah, you know, the, the sport where you hold the thing. However, the one that I looked up because I was like, this has never made sense to me, to the point where I used to play a tennis computer game on the NES. Mm-hmm. And if the ball hit the net, it would come up with a caption that said let. Let, yes. And what is as that a about? kid, I was like, is that a typo in the game? <laughs> Because surely it should be saying net, right? It should be saying net. It's gone into the net. No, it's it's a very archaic form of the word let, which means obstacle. Um, oh, yes. As in without let or hindrance. Exactly. There's okay. a, <laughs> I'd never heard that expression before. Um, but the, the example cited was from Hugh Latimer's sermons from the 1500s. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a line which was, consider whether your doings be to the let of your salvation or not. Oh, that must be why I he- where I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, without let or hindrance isn't, a- again, I believe some of that double speak in le- legal terminology. Mm-hmm. We'd have the, uh, the English and the French word. I guess when we say let me, as in allow me, we're talking about like, please remove the obstacle to me, aren't we? I think so. Saying, will you let, will you let me? Excellent. Thank you so much for that. Okay. So if we're done on the real sports, and let's be honest, we, us two, were done with real sports some time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about, 20, about 22 years ago, I would yeah, say, I was done that. with real sport. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's move on to any other names. 
the section in which we rename existing sports. I've I've had to rename football. <laughs> football just seems so prosaic. Yeah, a little um, bit. There, I mean, there's a problem as well, which I know we'll be getting to, which is that the the term football is applied to lots of different games. And I mean, even even football doesn't really rely solely on on feet because you're allowed to chest the ball, you're allowed to head the ball. Some players are allowed to pick up the ball and throw it. It just it seems <laughs> seems like a misnomer on every level. Um, yeah, I'm with you on what that. What I propose is that football be officially renamed soccer. Okay. So tell me about soccer. <laughs> so partly I like this because um, we've heard already on this episode that some uh, sports, some sports have names that are onomatopoeic in in meaning. Is it really? Is soccer an onomatopoeic no, one? It's not, but oh, I like man. I like the fact that it is close to being it. Like when you know yeah. when you accidentally see some football on the TV <laughs> and you see them kick that round thing. The noise it makes sounds like sock. Again, that's something you could see in a Batman power symbol. Exactly. So I like it on that level because it it maintains a relationship with other tedious, uh, (laughs) tediously onomatopoeic sports. I like Um, it. However, the the etymology of soccer, I think, is really good fun. It is short for association football. Seriously? Yes. Because that was the that was the version of the game they played, right? Specifically, association football, meaning the the game that we now just refer to as football in England, anyway. In the rest of the world, they already call it soccer because they have their own versions of football. Oh my god! So really, it's just the just England that needs to get in line and start calling it football uh, soccer instead of football. I was under the impression that it was another one of those things where the rest of the world was united and America was insisting on calling it something different. I think Americans are particularly... um, Particularly keen on calling it soccer. Yeah, because they have their own version of football that is much more popular. But every other country, like, you know, particularly in South America. It's all soccer. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I've learned something today. And um, while we're talking about football, and American football in particular... Mm-hmm. that's what I've chosen to rename. Again, because of the confusion. I know there's a long-running joke that because of the shape of the ball and the lack of kicking, it should be called hand egg. But to be honest, <laughs> football, hand egg, half-time, touchdown, what do you notice about all these words? They're all two nouns stitched together? They're all trochies. Ooh, is that a word? Yes, so a trochee is something you'll hear about in poetry. It's a stressed syllable followed by an unstressed syllable. Okay. And therefore it's inherently grabby, it's forceful, it's strong. Trochies stick in your mind. I've got mm-hmm. a kind of fascination with this because the internet loves a trochee. Bacon, zombie, ninja, pirate, monkey, butler, Hitler, Jesus, they're all really memorable. And <laughs> that's why cats and dogs became lolcats and doggos when fed through the meme machine. So, I want to avoid trochies altogether. I want to give it a weaker name and see if it loses popularity as a result. <laughs> okay. uh, so we're going to call it Kaferfala. Kaferfala. Kaferfala, which is derived, of course, from kerfuffle. Which is what it looks like when <laughs> you're watching it. Yeah. I, yeah, I really don't understand it. <laughs> I don't know the rules. So it's a kerfuffle to me, and we're going to call it kerfuffle. And uh, let's see if high school boys still want to bet their careers on it then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like you can't blame the name for that. Yeah. I absolutely can. It's a trochee, and that's why. That is why. <laughs> Fair enough. 
so shall I go on to my the other one? Please do. So I the other one I looked at renaming. The other one I looked at renaming is quite similar to American football. It mm-hmm. is of course rugby. Okay. Um now I have quite a personal connection to the the name the gentleman's rugby. game. <laughs> yes, the gentleman's game of rugby. <laughs> um because it is named, it was named after rugby school in Warwickshire, which is where I lived. Yeah. Uh, Warwickshire, not the school. The story goes that a student there, William Webb Ellis, decided to disregard the rules of football as they were playing it, pick the ball up and run with it, and create the <laughs> game of rugby. Which, personally, I think gives a lot of credit to everyone else. Because normally, yeah. if someone blatantly disregards the rule of a game they're playing, uh-huh. you go, you're cheating. You don't go, you've created a new game. Yeah, complete disregard for the rules isn't generally what I associate with that kind of school. <laughs> so, I mean, while we're on the subject, the the way that association football was shortened into soccer is very similar to the way that rugby became rugger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When, I don't know, have you ever played rugby? I, I have not, no. They're not so keen on getting girls to do that. Yeah, you, like like me, you came up through the British school system, which, mm-hmm. like religiously divides boys and girls down gender lines and says yeah girls you will go and do sewing boys you will go and get like punched in the face yeah so i had to play a lot of rugby when i was at school my perception of rugby is that it is essentially a fight with a ball <laughs> um what i want to rename rugby to is scrum yes because scrums happen in rugby um the etymology of scrum is that it comes from scrimmage and the etymology of scrimmage is that it comes from skirmish, meaning fight. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so scrum's scrum, a lot better. Scrum pays homage to the fact that rugby is essentially an excuse for sort of 16-year-olds with too much testosterone to crush uh, any child who is a late developer, shall we say. What I used to do with rugby was I would purposefully stay about six feet back from wherever the ball was so that I was of no use to anyone who was yeah. trying to get absolutely forwards. i did the yeah. same thing in netball as far as i'm concerned moving towards the ball puts you in the top two percent of athletes <laughs> the rest of yeah. us just we know what we're about and it's not that uh the other one that i took a look at also prompted most likely by memories of high school trauma was hockey so to me hockey meant field hockey if you say hockey you could be referring to a sport played by teenage girls on grass or a sport played on ice by huge men canadians so I'm kind of cheating a little bit by renaming both of them at the same time, okay? So for just to avoid confusion, I feel like. So field either field hockey should be renamed Blightons. Blightons? Again, I fully associate it with Enid Blyton. Okay. We have a phrase in Britain, jolly hockey sticks, to refer to an entire type of woman. And <laughs> I really admire that. I think that's great. Um, and I think ice hockey should be renamed blade wrestling. Blade wrestling. They grapple with each other with knives on their feet. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's extremely badass, but I have so much fear, I can't even watch it. It's one of the few sports where fighting is sort of allowed. Sort of encouraged, yeah. Yeah. It's just part like, of the game. <laughs> in theory, it's against the rules, but in practice, if you go and watch ice hockey, you're expecting to see a fight. That's very good. Jolly hockey sticks is an interesting term because I've never heard it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so when you say a woman is uh, jolly hockey sticks, you're saying that she's got this very can-do, optimistic, buckle-up attitude that means she just yeah. thinks she can, we can accomplish anything if we just um, 
have a stiff upper lip and crack on. Yeah, what we actually mean is that she has grown up so rich that she has never known any real hardship and therefore assumes that everything is possible. And is slightly demented. Due to all the inbreeding in the aristocracy. But I mean, it is admirable in a way. Like, if you've read if you've read Discworld, you'll know that uh, Sybil Ramkin is a jolly hockey sticks kind of woman. There is a courageous fortitude to it as well. Because I've never heard that term, I just quickly googled it. Apparently, it comes originally from a BBC radio comedy programme called Educating Archie, which was broadcast in 1950. <laughs> really? The definition it gives is, wholesomely athletic and enthusiastic in a manner stereotypically associated with b- traditional British public schools for girls. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can't believe I gave you Blytons and Blade Wrestling and you were like, ooh, Blytons sounds interesting. <laughs> I mean, Blade Wrestling <laughs> is so obviously correct. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I agree. I agree with me. My name is Anna and you can find me on Twitter at Boots Magoot. I am on Twitter and my name is James and the Twitter is at James Hunt. Yeah, that that's that's concise. Perfect. No, that was perfect. <laughs> do you want me to do it again? Nope. <laughs> we have a joint podcast Twitter account at WIAN Podcast for What's in a Name Podcast, where you can find subscription details, links and general word related nonsense. Thank you very much for joining us. Take care of yourselves and we will speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.